Everybody joining me on the podcast this week is Doug Amos, co-host of the Max Roundtable on ESPN The Ticket, 107.5 FM and 1210 AM in Montgomery, Alabama. And you can hear them from 11 AM to 2 PM, Monday through Friday, and also part of the Troy Sports Network. Doug, I appreciate you taking the time out of the day and um, being on the show this week. Thanks, Philip. Looking forward to it. Appreciate you asking. Oh, yeah, I'm glad to have you on. Glad to talk to Troy football. I always say uh, uh, Troy is the uh, uh, fi- the unofficial team of any podcast I do. I love talking to Troy Trojans. All I love supporting them in any way I can. So uh, when it comes to Troy, there's no bias here. Uh, whatever podcast I do, we, we cheer for Troy Trojans. It's a big Troy uh, announcement today. Brent Jones, who's become a good friend. Uh, announced as the new athletic director, replacing Jeremy McLean. Of course, Jeremy uh, got the opportunity to go back to his home state, back to southern Mississippi, and he took that job a couple of months ago, and and Brent was announced as his replacement today. He was a deputy AD, and Philip and and just did a great job there, and all of us are really excited that he got the job moving forward. Yeah, that was uh, was number one here on my – my list of things I want to talk to you about, you know, just looking at, you know, stuff he accomplished there at Troy as the deputy athletic director, uh, attendance has went up in the two years he was there at Troy at, in that role. So now jumping into the athletic director role, it's really going to be interesting and uh, exciting to see what he's able to do with the, the whole sports program. Yeah, he was brought over by Jeremy McLean from Southern Mississippi uh, to bring a really good atmosphere to the venues in Troy and He's done just a great job, and he's a, he's a great person. He's a family person first and uh, just fits the Troy mold perfectly, I think. Uh, been there you know, a couple, three years now, and uh, he deserved this opportunity. I'm glad Dr. Hawkins uh, gave him this opportunity, and I think that the momentum that Troy has built over the last couple, three years in its athletic department will continue now with Brent at the helm. I think it's just going to be a seamless transition from Jeremy McLean to Brent Jones. And being a part of the Troy Sports Radio Network, I'm excited about that. Yeah, and you know, you know, obviously a lot of changes with the Troy football program last several months. Uh, Neil Brown going on to West Virginia, Chip Lindsey uh, coming in as a head coach. But, you know, before we jumped into the current trust with Chip Lindsey, I just want to get your thoughts. Just, you know, the legacy Neil Brown has left behind there at Troy and just the accomplishments they had. I mean, three straight 10-win seasons, a Sunbelt title, 3-0 in bowl games, just doing things at Troy that had never been done before. Of course, uh, 31 wins in, in three years. You mentioned that. Uh, the, the moniker, the hashtag, so to speak, when he got there was to rebuild the wall. You always saw hashtag RTW. Uh, and when he left, I had the opportunity, Phil, to visit with him that Saturday after he'd accepted the job in Morgantown. He came back to talk to the students and to the fans at a Saturday basketball game. I was doing that game on the radio. He came over and joined me. It was really emotional. It was very emotional for him. Uh, and w- the last thing we said was wall rebuilt because he certainly rebuilt it. He's gotten this program to a level that it had not been to. Larry Blakeney did such a great job getting it to where he got it to. And then Neil took it, uh, that extra few steps. But uh, I think he's going to do an incredible job at West Virginia. 
their fans have embraced Troy fans. I think the Troy fans are going to be pulling for West Virginia in the Big 12, and I think the West Virginia fans are going to be pulling for Troy in the Sun Belt. Yeah, and you know, with Chip Lindsey coming in, you know, and my regular team I write for Flash of College Football is Auburn, so I'm, I'm intrigued in my in that on right to see what Chip Lindsey does because they're, you know, if I say what it is, it, you know, a lot of discussion on who was doing play calling at Auburn in the last couple of years, but. See you, Chip Lindsey. I know his offense is a little bit different from what Neil Brown did. I know both spread, but Chip likes to use more of that RPO offense. So what are your expectations for Chip Lindsey? I got an opportunity to spend some quality time with him uh, in the spring uh, at a Montgomery Biscuits game, quite honestly. And, and he is down to earth. You know, he, he has that reputation of being a guy who's going to get the ball in space to play in playmakers' hands. I had a conversation after his hire as Auburn's uh, offensive coordinator with Mike Lutzenkirk and uh, the father of the late Philip Lutzenkirk and who played for Chip Lindsey over in high school over in Georgia. And he said he's phenomenal at getting the ball to the right people at the right times. He's going to have an opportunity at Troy to do that. Uh, when you look at the players that Troy returns offensively, Caleb Barker back from an injury, uh, some younger guys, some quality guys on the outside and in the backfield with B.J. Smith and others. I think Chip's going to have a great, great opportunity to keep the momentum going. I like his staff. Uh, Brian Blackman, a friend, uh, is going to be coaching running backs. He's got some other guys on his staff um, that I think are going to be excellent additions. Ryan Pugh, the offensive line coach and the coordinator, um, you know, you're looking on defense, a guy from Montgomery that, that played at, at Jeff Davis, Davern Williams. Uh, I like his staff. It's young and energetic. And I'll be surprised, quite frankly, if the momentum doesn't keep right on moving with this Troy football team. Yeah, you know, you know something I know. Look, this this is not a Troy issue. This is everybody in college football issue right now. And there have been some players to lead the program of Sarge Smith backup quarterbacks. One, is there any concern with some of those guys that have left the program for you? Uh, you know, I was disappointed in in some of them. Certainly, uh, the the without naming names, a loss in the secondary and on special teams that um, is a bit bothersome. Uh, when you when you commit to a school and you're doing well in that school and that school's developing you as a football player and as an individual, yet you think you see brighter lights in bigger cities and you want to go in that direction, it bothers me somewhat. I'm old school, I admit it. Um, I think the transfer portal is a mess. I think a lot of people do. And, uh, you know, when you're looking at the, the basketball transfer portal and the football transfer portal, when you've got more student-athletes in those portals than there are scholarships available, that's a problem. Yeah, and, you know, just the whole transfer portal thing is has got to be – it's a major headache for coaches all around college football because, you know, you fill out your roster, you think, after signing day, okay, I got my guys, and then somebody transfers, and then that leaves you a hole there, and you're trying to find somebody. Then you're looking in the transfer portal – you're trying to find somebody. So it's got to be a mess and a headache for coaches all over the country. Well, the problem is this. Is that's one of the problems of it that you just described. Another problem is it just changes the way coaches are going to have to coach. 
uh, you know, you're going to be walking on eggshells at times because you don't want to coach a kid uh, to a point where he gets frustrated and decides to leave. You know, you you may see coaches have to adjust how they deal with things on their team. I've talked to coaches and uh, off the record, they've said, you know, that they're not going to real, really be able to coach like they want to coach with the energy that they want to coach with for fear that some of their players that may aren't starting will just bail and try to go somewhere else. Yeah, and, you know, and you know, I guess I closed the transfer portal discussion on this, you know, is a big problem I have is the stuff with, you know, Luke Ford out of Georgia, what he's trying to do. The reasons why he wants to transfer and have, you know, immediate eligibility is because, you know, family reasons going for Georgia to Illinois. And I guess NCAA turning him down, I have an issue with that when you also are letting guys just because was basically they cannot beat somebody else, specifically some of these quarterbacks, they're letting them play right away, not letting him. I thought I thought maybe that's what the whole transfer thing was for, for guys like Luke Ford. It never ends up being the reason that they The rule probably came about for a good reason but it obviously is being misused. Another rule that is has been misused has been the grad transfer thing. That was specifically for a kid who had gone to school, done the work, uh, wanted to go ahead and get into grad school before his eligibility was out, and they gave him an opportunity to go, you know, to go to a place where a grad program was offered that is undergrad uh, school was not offering, and now that's being bastardized too. Uh, I, I hate when people take advantage of the original intent of a rule, uh, but that's happening all over college athletics now, and it just makes you wonder what the NCAA uh, is going to do uh, to try to get a you know a, a leash around this thing because it's, it's really scary the way it's headed. Yeah, it's, it's basically turned in college football has free agency now. Well, and the problem, you know, another one of the problems is, you know, let's just be honest. Justin Fields leaving Athens for mm-hmm. one reason. He could not breed it, beat Fromm out. Yet he gets a waiver to go be eligible immediate, immediately at Ohio State. The Ohio State quarterback, who was going to be the heir apparent, to the just now graduated Ohio State quarterback who was picked early in the NFL draft, Tate, Mar- Tate Martell, I think is his last name, mm-hmm. transfers to Miami after he's saying, come on, I'll appreciate the competition. Now he's leaving, given a waiver because of the claim that his head coach left. Well, the guy they hired – to replace his head coach was his position coach, for heaven's <laughs> yeah. sake. So, I mean, that's ludicrous. Then there's a kid, and I don't know if you've seen this story, that was transferring is somewhere over in the Carolinas. I think it was a Coastal Carolina kid uh, that actually played in the Sun Belt and was wanted to transfer, I think, to Virginia Tech. I'm not sure. But his mother had a brain tumor. And that waiver was not issued and was turned down. So it's all out of whack in the NCAA. Yeah, just, you know, another another instance where it seems like they just don't <laughs> they don't have it together. But uh 
Now, back on Troy, you know, and he was talking about, you know, Caleb Barker coming back and, you know, what he was able to do early last year. And with Troy, I'm really looking at that offensive line, running back B.J. Smith, Caleb Barker. I know receiver, they lost some guys. But offensively, I'm really – a good place to start is always on the offensive line. Totally agree with you. And uh, I think they're, they're going to be good there, um, solid. I, you know, I got to call the spring game. Uh, I think they played pretty well up front. Uh, so I, I do believe that they are going to um, be able to run the football. B.J. had had an unbelievable year, uh, totally out of left field. We knew or we thought that it would basically be running back by committee. But for some issues that happened, injuries and some other issues, B.J. got the majority of the work and just did a remarkable job. He's heading into his senior year. Um, so I suspect the running game's going to be good, but I, I think it's almost going to be a, uh, a Caleb Barker getting the ball to playmakers all over the place, not just the running game, but getting the ball in space to some of these playmakers that are coming back. And as you mentioned, there really are quite a few that Troy's got some guys that they can use to get in space and get some special things done. Yeah, and then, you know, on the defensive side, I mean, they got some playmakers there too. I and mean, I know they lost some some big guys. Three uh, all Sun Belt, you know, performers from last season. The defense only held opponents twenty two points a game. So, what's your read look coming into the season for Detroit defense? Well, you know, and and losing of the of the defensive coordinator, uh, it was was a big loss. They, you know, obviously uh, Neil Brown wanted to take him with him there. Uh, to West Virginia, but let, let me tell you what Neil Brown and his staff did as well as anybody at, at the at, in the Sun Belt. They recruited, and they recruited the depth. When you can start recruiting the depth, meaning when you can start bringing in guys that you don't have to necessarily get on the field immediately, when you can recruit to depth, and that's what he had been able to do, uh, at, at Troy in the last couple of recruiting cycles. And then when you bring in a Chip Lindsay and they finish out what arguably is the best class that Troy has ever signed in football, it's an exciting time. And, and there, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna see Troy's defense very athletic, very fast. And guys that are going to be playmakers. Now you mentioned they we did lose some guys. There's no doubt about it. And we got we got some shoes to fill. But you're going to hear some guys' names that you hadn't heard before that are going to be doing some really good things in the fall. You know, and, and you look at the Sun Belt. And I, I really think Troy is prime position to to win the Sun Belt this year and even host the Sun Belt championship game. You know, Appalachian State, I'm sure, is going to be a, a tough one. I know they got a new head coach, new quarterback, but I'm sure there's plenty of talent there. Arkansas State's the, the, the normal suspects in the Sun Belt. But what is your read on the conference overall? Well, you know, having been a part of the Troy Sports Radio Network for three years now, going on four, I think Troy's been the elite program, quite frankly, over that three-year period, 10, 11, and 10. Uh, that hadn't been done. Uh, we've had a couple of games along the way that that left us all scratching our heads, including Neil Brown. But I believe this team is excited about the energy coming. Uh, 
uh, in the new coaching staff. You know, I think they've got winnable games outside the league, quite frankly. If you want to get right down to it, I think certainly Campbell is. Obviously, I believe Southern Miss is. We won in Hattiesburg a few years ago. At Missouri, I think, is a winnable game for this football team. I really, really do believe that. We've got Arkansas State at home this year. We've got South Alabama at home. Uh, We do play at Georgia State. We do play at Coastal Carolina. We got Georgia Southern back at home. And then that last one, App State, finally, we get to play that, that what I think will be a perhaps a division deciding game. I think we'll have a chance to get it done there, and then the following week, as you mentioned, possibly host, hosting the Sun Belt Championship game. I absolutely hope that happens because I know where I will be that Saturday if they do get there. I will be uh, I will be in the stadium one way or the other as a uh, covering or as a fan. Either way, I'll be there for it. Um, and uh, you know, before I let you go, you know, I don't take up too much more of your time. But I, you know, I like to also with the podcast form, you know, long for get to know my guests a little bit. And I, I really am fascinated by people how they got into the journalism business and why they did. Just uh, for you. Uh, what made you want to uh, to get into sports media? Well, um, I went to school and studied business. I uh, felt like I probably had to just get a regular job. Hated it. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> was always a sports fan, was always a sports guy. I went and spoke to my high school football coach and uh, just really asking for his guidance. And he said, what are you passionate about? I said, I'm passionate about sports. He goes, well, then by golly, that's what you need to find. And he said, I'm going to call the the newspaper, local newspaper for you uh, and see if they can put you to work for free or whatever so you can learn it. I went down there. I actually started covering girls high school basketball uh, and got paid like $20 a story starting out, then got a part-time job, then got a full-time job, covered golf, got to cover the Masters and the PGA, uh, covered Auburn and Alabama for a number of years. That was back in 1984. I did that for nine years. I then realized that talking on a deadline, a little bit easier than writing on a deadline. <laughs> so I got into the radio business and am into my 26th year of that now. So uh, and that's my suggestion to anybody, and that is don't find a job, find a passion that you can make into a career, and, and that's what uh, God's blessed me with, that opportunity, and, and I would pray that for anybody and everybody because it certainly changes your mindset. Yeah, for me, when, you know, obviously everything i do is you know right now be, would be on a part-time basis but when i do it i don't i don't feel like i'm working i'm doing what i love oh uh, doing this or whatever doing high school football so it's it's a love so i'll say that's a job and said so, nah i just don't want to call it that because you know it's, it's it's not really it is work but it's not work if that makes sense absolutely there's um i i don't even like to use the word job anymore uh, I think that can kind of come off uh, with a negative connotation. Um, I just, I, you know, for me, it's a passion. For me, it's a career, and it's it's how I make a living. It's how I support my family. But I don't look at it as a job, if that makes any sense. 
and uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll let you go on this one. You know, talking about being in sports media, just you know, even back from 1984 when you got, you know, you were writing. Uh, just from then to now, what are the biggest challenges and differences you've seen with the uh, with the business or being in the media? Well, you know, I have seen a few. Um, now, you know, there are so many microwavable media sources now with websites with you know all these websites that cover a team or support a team where you you try to get the fans to subscribe to it um, the podcast world which is has, has got uh, uh, kind of their hand into the pot here too I know you do a great one um, but it's almost Philip like if you want to be in the media now you can almost declare yourself in the media by starting a website or and and sometimes people are equipped and ready to do that sometimes people are not and it 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 can be frustrating at times but my suggestion to anybody that would want to get into sports media and that is man communication is everything if you can't write and even if you are a doing a, a podcast Learn how to write. Writing communication, the written word, will always go a long, long way getting you down the road. And I think we've taken an emphasis off of that uh, with our young people today. When I was in management at a university in an athletic department management position, I would have a potential employee write something every single time before I would ever think about hiring them. And if they couldn't write good, if they could not, were not a, 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 a good writer and couldn't write well, they weren't going to get the job. So whether you think you'll never have to write if you're an accountant or a doctor or whatever profession, you're wrong. You're always going to need the ability to put down the written word. And I think that would be my biggest suggestion to anybody that, that wanted to get into sports media or any field for that matter. Yeah, it's, it's you know, and that's kind of, I, I try to do a little bit of everything online uh, here at the podcast and, and do some writing. And uh, it is, and I've, I've learned that, you know, you got to do stuff that's going to make you stand out because as you said, there's so many people that's doing this, a podcast and so many sites. So you, uh, you also got to, I think, find a way to make yourself stand out. If not, you can kind of just, you fall in with the crowd and not be as noticeable, I guess I, I should say. And there's a fine line there, you know, don't just find something to make you stand out, you know, because then too many people will maybe become fake or not who they really are. I would, I would suggest just do your best to, to be as good as you possibly can be and work hard. If, if you work hard and, and you're talented, that's going to push you to the top. Don't look for a gimmick. Don't look for, uh, you know, maybe a stance or an opinion that gets a lot of hits. That, that, that to me, is deceptive and, and maybe not real. And, and I'm having done this for 35 years, uh, I'm more into being real. Uh, I, I want whatever my name's on to be real and honest and, and, and out front and, and, you know, not trying to be deceitful or deceptive in any way to me that's what i want to hang my hat on 
yeah, yeah that, that, that's kind of philosophy I've taken here with this because I'm, I'm like, if you want just a hot take, there's there's a TV show on in the mornings for that. I don't do that, so I'm I, I'm as real as it gets. So when I say something dumb and stupid, it's it, trust me, it's my honest dumb and stupid opinion uh, when I do it. But uh, you know, Doug, I appreciate you do. I do appreciate you taking the time, uh, taking up probably you know good amount of your time you're receiving but i appreciate you giving the time to come and talk troy and talk about your career and uh in broadcasting and journalism and if listeners want to follow you along where they find you and where can they check out the, the round table absolutely uh in the river region area you mentioned it 107.5 fm or 1210 am you can also find us on the tune in app uh, by searching the call letters wtxk uh, you can listen to us there. We have callers and listeners from all over the country, uh, and we're pleased about that. And then, of course, on the Troy Sports Radio Network, uh, you can follow us on any affiliate uh, around the state there. So it's always a pleasure to work with Barry McKnight and Jerry Miller and the whole crew in that regard. All right. Sounds good. And once again, Doug, I appreciate you taking the time, and I look forward to talking to you again sometime down the road. Thanks, Philip. I really enjoyed it.